I'm Tyler Beat of Engenerate. I'm Connery Napoleon on a water slide Hanson. At Waterloo. And I am Cameron Theodore, uh, Theodore? Cameron Shigeo Takeda. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Cameron Socrates Takeda. Socrates. Oh, I wish. And this is a franchise. And me. <laughs> and Cameron. And if you couldn't tell... From our four attempts at trying to have middle names, we're talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure this week. Most excellent. This is the new franchise that I pulled out of the holy trash can of the gods below my desk after yes. finishing Pirates. Pull it right out of the past. Bring it right here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I left, I, I left that note in the trash can from the future, and it was just there. How weird. <laughs> so I, I, That's the way to do it. It, yeah. al- it also said duck. Oh, did you? Uh, no. Was there a mallard behind you? A mallard? Oh, like I a said a, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I said a mallet. Was Ralph the Mouse behind you? No, stop bringing up Ralph the Mouse. I don't like that. I still like can't find a, vi- a video of it. I just saw some like cursed photos of like a stuffed mouse. It was like made by the bad the like by <laughs> who plays the bad lady in Paddington. Is it Nicole oh, Kidman? It is Nicole Kidman, yes. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I still haven't seen Paddington. You need to see Paddington. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I know it's Tyler's favorite movie. Um, but... uh, oh, second favorite to Paddington 2. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, I was just talking about the other <laughs> the other week how I called something Connery's favorite movie, and then he got <laughs> defensive about it. <laughs> I heard that on the podcast, Oh, yeah, actually. and I'm just like, oh, I must have gotten that from you then, because you say that a lot too, I guess. I just forgot. <laughs> yeah, Look I, at how we spread that, abuse I laughed each at other. that. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the aforementioned, is that the right word? Aforementioned? Beforementioned? Yeah. Cameron Takeda that we've brought up several times. And we're like, oh, yeah, he's going to be on this one. But now, now he's finally here. We got him. Yeah, stopping flaking so much. Uh, <laughs> And 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 my internet returned just in time. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, our we have Spectrum Two, and it went out like two weeks ago, and it was just yeah, because uh, Lily works from home right now, and she was just like checking mm-hmm. her Twitter and like <laughs> tweeting at them, and everyone was just all mad. And then she just I, I told her that your internet was down, and she was checking it. She's like, yeah, everyone's really mad at them again. <laughs> yeah, I was checking online. I remember this time where I think maybe something similar is happening or like the water or power company. And I was over at your guys's place pre COVID. And she was like, she was telling you like tweet at the water company. (laughs) You were like, I'm not doing that. Wait, Lily was saying that to you (laughs) about your place. No, she was saying that to you because I was over at your place, and she was saying, like, tweet at the water place, and you're like, I'm not doing that. We're leaving anyway. And then she was like, Connery, you tweet at it. You have it, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Wait, I don't remember what was wrong. (laughs) I think your air conditioner was busted, like, the electricity was down or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that usually, I don't know, that usually happens, (laughs) especially in airports when there's just, like, multiple (laughs) flights that are just awful. At Spirit Airlines. But then they never tweet you back. (laughs) <laughs> they never retweet your mean comments. It's so what? weird. I mean, they don't just tweet you back saying DM us, and then they never reply to that. Either. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. They just don't care. That's all the Spectrum one was. It's just like, send us a DM. It's so chill, so personable. Yeah, this probably sounds a little annoying, but like the last like flight I was on, it was back from like England, and it was like a terrible... like. <laughs> I guess I should just tell the whole story, but basically there was this yeah. like professor from... Uh okay well hold on hold on hold was on was it Freud perhaps <laughs> yeah Sigmund Freud 
Um, basically, we were on the plane to go back home from a trip, me and Lily, and uh, we were on the runway for like two hours already for some reason. It just got really backed up, and it's just like, okay, now we're finally going to take off. And then like it was in a big plane. I don't know exactly what kind, but it was bigger than the normal one. <laughs> a Boeing 47? Yeah, a Boeing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was bigger than normal, and then there's like a clunking sound right before we were like about to take off. It was like clunk, clunk, and it was like underneath some seats to the left. And then the captain was like, "All right, we're ready to take off." And he was just like the most like like bored pilot ever. (laughs) And then he's like, "We just never took off." And then like 45 minutes later, he's like, "Whoa, we have a passenger that came up, and uh, there's actual credible evidence that we need to like get (laughs) off the flight." So. We were on the runway for like four hours, got back like on at, at like, uh, yeah, I'm just realizing this is a really boring story, but basically we got back to uh, the airport and then nobody told us where to go at all. So there's just like a massive crowd of people that were just like shuffling around the airport and they had to stay overnight and then go back on the flight. And we found out that that person was like a professor at like some California UC or something. And he was like in Europe, like working for the UN, doing, like, aeronautical stuff. So he's, like, I would, he was just basically qualified enough to just cause a huge problem, but not, like, <laughs> so he just... Not solve yeah, it. Yeah, so he just, like, ruined, like, 400 people's d- days because it took, like, two or, days to get back home. Or huh? he saved your life. Or he saved our lives. But I was watching him when we <laughs> went back to... Uh, this is right when, like, COVID was happening, like, in the very beginning mm-hmm. because... That was when, like, that cruise ship was on the news or whatever, the right, one in, yeah. like, Japan. And uh, <laughs> I saw this guy, again, like, talking to some of the flight crew, like, on the day we were supposed to take off. And they were just, like, I was just watching him. He was, like, hiding kind of, like, in the corner of, like, the, the area where everyone's sitting. He's talking to the flight crew, and then they're just, like, telling him he needs to go on a different flight. And they, like, organized a different flight for him. And I was just like, thank you. I'm so glad he's not on this flight again because he would have just done the same thing. Because the same thing happened on the plane. Like, they did a full inspection, like, the whole the whole night. Um, this, <laughs> this is definitely the driest story I've ever told on this. And Connery's frozen. Oh, no. Connery. Well, it's okay. I'll hear your dry story. Actually, I've already heard this one. <laughs> oh, Connery's calling us. Whoa, what happened? I don't know. My story was so boring that... <laughs> <laughs> that you just left you just faked your own leaving <laughs> anyways it was this like uc professor and i remembered like i remembered at the time what school it was i'm like i'm gonna like email this guy and just be like thanks for wasting everyone's 400 people's lives for like three days and then just like just looking at all of this in hindsight i'm just like uh, it's just really dumb to be upset about i did not email that guy you didn't leave him a bad rate my professor <laughs> i know i should have done something i should have given him like a one on the rate my professor but give him a chili pepper or whatever <laughs> uh do they still let you give chili peppers uh i don't know probably not ah oh, dang that was that was what i always wanted i really wanted to get that you want to get the chili pepper is does that mean you're like you're hot yeah mm. right you're like the hot teacher everyone gives you a bad score but you know you're hot they, they think you look nice yeah i'm looking right now i, I think i might need an account oh great <laughs> oh we're gonna go over cameron's teacher score <laughs> yeah oh i wish there even was were any we'll get there bro let's hope so (laughs) (laughs) anyways that flight made me not want to go fly anywhere for a long time i'm like i'm just gonna go on a road trip next time well you got your wish yeah (laughs) Yeah, perfect timing (laughs) i think it's all my fault
<laughs> this is um, your fault. Oh, God. You're going to fuel the conspiracy theories out there. It actually was this guy from a podcast. It would be like the least COVID. offensive conspiracy theory right now, so I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it might bring some more listeners. This is our most exciting episode so far. <laughs> yeah, an airport story that will maybe be kept in. And <laughs> <laughs> oh. Now you can tell me what you guys have been up to. Yes. <laughs> what movies we've been watching, what we've been playing, what we've been doing with our lives. Yes, because I took notes on what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> what if we just didn't ask you? You're the first guest that we didn't ask. Didn't I have a little spot that says, if they don't ask me. <laughs> it says, gips right to the movie. <laughs> if, they, if, they, <laughs> if they don't ask me, just smile and wave. What have you been up to, Cameron? What have you been up to? You let me look at my things I've done recently notes. <laughs> I watched the Berserk movies. Oh, okay. That I thought was a mistake. Is uh, Berserk <laughs> Berserk the manga? They turned into movies? Yeah, there's there's like three movies that comprise, I think, the first or second main arc of of the series. Uh I started playing the game, actually, like the the Dynasty Warriors kind of game. Which was oh, a yeah? lot of fun. I love Dynasty Warriors games. I mean, I know people just sometimes hate them. Uh, that's fine, but I really like them. Dynasty Warriors rules. <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, you know what? I'll watch the movies, see what this whole thing's about. Yeah. Boy, I, I don't know why I watched three of them. I should have stopped after the first one. Really didn't like it. So I feel like this is a recurring thing. You keep you keep watching like anime series, movies, and then you're like, yeah, it was really bad. Yeah, yeah, I do that. I watched Dora Hidoro on Netflix. Oh, how was that? that? Was, that was alright, you know, I, I did yeah. like that. I'm not, you know, a huge fan of when they do all the CG stuff, but mm -hmm. it was fine. It, it didn't really annoy me. I'd watch more, but I wouldn't watch more Berserk. I'm yeah. not going to start reading it either. I was going to, but no. Yeah, I, I got to a certain point in the book where it just got, like, hyper gross, and I just stopped. I'm like, I don't think any amount of, like, cool-looking monsters can save this book for me. Yeah, yeah, so there were cool-looking monsters. I mm -hmm. I like that. Um, You know, there's definitely some cool fighting in, in it, kind of, but all yeah. the characters were just, like, total idiots and oh, really yeah. unlikable. Yeah, they're all jackasses, and they're like, that's the appeal, though. I'm like, no, it's not appealing. It sucks. <laughs> hey, Please. we're talking about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure today. Have yeah. you watched JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? <gasps> yes! Uh, you know what? I, I really want to. I haven't, though. You should. It, dude, it rocks. I love that anime. I, I, yeah, I know. It's it's sort of like that one that's really like, uh, you know, everyone who everyone who watches it loves it. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that means I'm like, oh, I, I got to be ready to start watching it. Because if I start watching it, I'm going to watch like a ton. Oh, yeah. Good point. It's all and most of it's on Netflix, too. I think I'm on like VRV or something oh, to great. get the rest of it. But like there are three or four seasons uh -huh. on Netflix. I'm still confused on if it's like intentional or not. It's like was the original oh. anime show like not intentional and then the dubs yeah. are making fun of it or what? Like, I think it's it's like like random memes, the show, and it's supposed to be kind of like a weird parody of Fist of the North Star. Yeah. In like a weird way. So I think that's what it's been going for, except that it's been running for like six seasons. But it's fantastic. Like, it's so out there and weird. Like, I, I have such a good time every time I watch it. It makes me smile. Oh, uh, great. What games have you been playing, Cameron? Because I know you've been playing something, I would assume. Uh, yeah, so, uh, although I haven't had as much time lately, but last month, I, uh, you know, I really played a, a lot of this game called Horus. It's like a oh. platformer game. Uh, it actually even had a Bill and Ted reference. Uh, it's got a character named Preston and a character named Logan. Ah. <laughs> and there's time travel. Hey. They make a ton of right-on-the-sleeve remarks. It's really upfront about it. 
But it's got sad robots, so I loved it. <laughs> I really liked Horus. What's the last philosophy book you read? <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't don't make me say. Because uh, that's the one thing I haven't done enough of. I haven't done enough philosophy reading. Uh, but you know what? To prepare a little bit, I read David Lewis's The Paradoxes of Time Travel. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Yay! I like that one. I really like David Lewis. And I think the movie that we're going to talk about fits in perfectly with David Lewis's The Paradoxes of Time Travel. Yes! Are you are you using this podcast as your, like, <laughs> to get into the PhD program of somewhere? Uh, no, because if there really was someone who knew about David Lewis, they're probably going to hear this and be like, oh, that's that's shit. That's, that's, that's wrong. That's wrong. He doesn't understand anything about this. David Lewis was not talking about that. No, you're going to get a full-ride scholarship for this Bill and Ted episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, stuff. a fresh look at Lewis's time travel thing. Have that published and put it on academia.edu. Yeah. Then, then people will read it. You'll get on academia.edu. You'll get on Rate My Professor. You'll get so many chili peppers. All the chili peppers. Uh, fillpapers.org. Yeah, that's where I want it. <laughs> I want to talk about a movie for once, because I feel like I haven't talked about movies in a long time. So. Oh, yeah. So... Today, I watched, after viewing Bill and Ted, I watched the new Kevin Bacon movie, You Should Have Left. Oh, I don't even know about that. Yeah. You didn't watch Hollow Man again? I did not watch <laughs> Hollow Man again. <laughs> you didn't want to see that weird, muscly Invisigorilla? I see it every night in my dreams, Tyler. <laughs> I want a... Uh... I want a bedspread made out of, out of the uh, Invisigorilla muscles. Are you sure? Ugh. Are you really sure? <laughs> With all the organs, too? Yeah, it's just like late 90s CG. <laughs> what about heat map Kevin Bacon? Yeah. yeah. I wanted to check out the movie just because I liked the idea that the movie present was presenting for the horror. And it's just like a house that grows and changes around as the people are in it. Which I'm like, cool. I'm like, it's kind of like House of Leaves, whatever. What is this called? It's called You Should Have Left. Oh. Amanda, like Amanda, what's what Siegfried, Seinfried, something like that. <laughs> Tyler, help me so he actually pronounces the woman's name yeah. correctly. No, I'll leave you hanging. Oh, I don't know, Amanda Seyfried, <laughs> right? She's Seyfried, in, right. Uh, she's in Les Miserables. She's in Mamma Mia. Yeah, yeah, Mamma Mia. Mm. And Mamma Mia, here we go again. <laughs> two, oh, yeah, two right. of Cameron's favorite movies. Uh, I didn't see Mamma Mia. Here we go again. Not yet, anyway. Wait, do you good. actually like Mamma Mia? I forget who likes it and hates uh, it. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. That's what I thought. Because Phoebe really likes but, it. Yes, Phoebe really, really likes it. But but she hasn't seen the sequel either. Weird. The sequel's Future interesting. guest, Phoebe. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> she can be on from Mamma Mia too. That'd be awesome. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like Grayson and uh, Haley are going to scalp us alive if we don't have them on from Mia 1. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Phoebe, she's already kind of, like, annoyed with you guys that you didn't call them in for uh, for Hamilton. Oh. They're like, what? They didn't call us in for Hamilton? What? What's up with that? That was like a one-off review, though, man. Yeah, yeah I know. I, I, I watched that. I made sure to listen to that. But, yeah, basically, the movie was odd. By the end of it, I was like, oh, this isn't really, like, the house isn't really eating them. This is more just like a Silent Hill game, like a mediocre Silent Hill video game. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at the cover of You Should Have Left, and I like that. Yeah, the cover's really <laughs> enticing. Like, it makes you want to watch it. Describe it. Well, there's Kevin Bacon right there. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. he's right there. <laughs> it's just his face and Amanda Seyfried's face on top of a house. Yeah. Yeah. And it says 
from the producer of The Invisible Man. Yeah. Not The Hollow Man, though. No. Close. Wow. <laughs> cigar. Ironic. You know, Lily was watching Invisible Man the other night, oh. and uh, I haven't seen it yet, but I was just like, eh, it seems just like Hollow Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Invisible Man's like a hollow. pervert. Yeah, like, they're both perverts, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely read League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. He was nasty as heck. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but not in the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie. <laughs> nope. Nope. He was just normal, I guess. It's just a regular or dude. boring. Like, boring. <laughs> That's the right word. I remember watching that in middle in elementary school and thinking that was the raddest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it was way cool at the time. <laughs> yeah. Captain Nemo, I thought was really cool. <laughs> and Captain his Nemo car, is cool. And his car is like cool as shit. And then now I'm just like, this stuff sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Connery's addicted to opium. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> that movie literally put Sean Connery's career in the grave, just like, <laughs> just like he did in the end. Except he th- doesn't his like. I always imagine his fist goes through like the dirt at the end of the movie, but it's just like some dirt swaps yeah. around. Yeah, it like, just rumbles. Yeah. yeah, so the dirt is really rumbling around for Sean Connery to do Sir Billy. Yeah, right. He's like, this made me quit movies, except that I'm gonna still be in Sir Billy. <laughs> I tricked. I have an obligation to film. <laughs> I tricked past and future guest Cutter White with some indiana jones trivia because he didn't know sir billy existed as rightfully he shouldn't have i'm upset that i know it existed now it's a curse i'll describe the movie you guys full spoilers for you should have left kevin bacon is an old man and he's married to spoilers yeah he's an old man who's married to amanda sidfried which i thought was really odd i was like I hate when movies do this. He's so goddamn old. <laughs> they have a daughter together, and uh, the whole point is, like, some scandal happened to Kevin Bacon. Like, he's, he was accused of murdering his wife, but nothing really, like, came of it. Like, he went to trial. He was found innocent. Left to go live his life. Only everyone's like, I, don't, I feel like they're commenting on cancel culture a little bit with it. Because, like, everyone, I meant to said for one of her lines at one point is, like, sometimes when you're accused, people still think you did it. And so I was, I was a little bit like, oh, wow, great commentary. But <laughs> anyway, I didn't watch this movie for the middling dialogue. I watched it because I wanted to see what the house would do. And if there was a monster inside that house. There was one line I really liked, and it's towards the end where they're like, oh, this place isn't a house. Like, it was like, you can't know what you can't understand. And I was like, oh, that's kind of like a scary Eldridge Cthulhu kind of thing. I'm like, that's neat. I like that line. Maybe mm-hmm. view the house a little differently. Anyway, the whole point of the story is Amanda Siegfried and uh, Siegfried, whatever, Amanda and Kevin Bacon and their baby <laughs> and their little child go to this house for some vacation before her next movie shoot. And Kevin Bacon's jealous of her for being an, a good, a successful actress. And he has basically been on the outs of his life, even though he's like a multimillionaire and like basically is retired. And uh, yeah, as time goes on, the house gets weirder and weirder. It just kind of changes and grows. We learn that Amanda's character is cheating on Kevin Bacon because, of course, she is. Yeah, she leaves, and then it becomes a horror story with uh, Kevin Bacon being stuck in the house, and his daughter gets captured by the house. And there's this creepy old man for some reason, but then is later to reveal to, later revealed to be a dark reflection of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> and the whole point is the house is torturing him because it turns out Kevin Bacon did murder his wife. I didn't see that coming. I know, right? Not at all. But, and so <laughs> after after that, I was like, he was like, the house wants you. You know what you did. And he got he gets like say goodbye to his family before like the house eating him basically 
and I was like, oh, so this is like a Silent Hill game. Like, I feel like I just watched a Silent Hill game, and that's my review yeah, of it. Right. It's a middling Silent Hill game. <laughs> right. It's Silent Hill 2. Yes. Uh, but all in a house. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that. <laughs> Silent, 2, Silent Hill 2, all in a house. Hey, Connor, you said it's like House of Leaves, right? Yeah. Critic Terry Mesnard wrote that the larger-than-it-seems house in the film felt ripped from the 2000 novel House of Leaves by Mark Thank Z. Danieluski. Yep, yep, yep. Semicolon. Daniel Lewski himself later accused the film of plagiarism. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's it's so blatant. It's like if somebody someone read that book and was like, oh, I could do something like this without making as much commentary or just teeth-shattering scariness of it. Like, it's just... It, it, was, it wasn't lame. It was just fine. It was a fine movie. Yeah. It had some yeah. cool moments. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Hey, speaking of you can't know what you don't understand, you know what else the director of You Should Have Left made? The Invisible Man? No, better. Oh. What? It's, it's your favorite movie, Connery. Um, there may be a mustache <laughs> involved. Oh, Mordecai! <laughs> <laughs> A mustache or two. <laughs> or yeah. five or ten or everyone. Yeah, he directed Mordecai. That's fun. And he also co-wrote uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So, Huh. And uh, huh. Secret Window. You know, David Kep. He's like oh, a, right. he's, he's just like a very experienced uh, screenwriter. Yeah. And so, oh. so, you know. I, I'm a little on the outside of that. I don't really know all the... All the really good screenwriters. Oh, yeah, sorry. Nobody does. Directors. I didn't mean to be like, oh, yeah, you don't know David Kep. <laughs> there's he, a, wrote, and he wrote Zathura. I'm just a plebeian here. In a, there's this comedy podcast that I listen to. It's like improvisers pretending to be like these horrible teachers at a high school. And they have this one line of dialogue where one of the teachers wants to be like a famous actor and he keeps trying but failing. And but he's like a really good like writer, like all this stuff gets sold. And but he doesn't want to be a writer, he just wants to be an actor. <laughs> and one of the guys <laughs> says, Todd, like, why don't you just like give in to being like a screenwriter? Just like be like the guy who wrote School of Rock, be like, and he, he says like the screenwriter's <laughs> name. And then Todd goes, Who? And he says, Exactly. And he's like, Don't screenwriters get famous? And he goes, No, almost never know. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. I should have prefaced introducing you, Cameron, by saying that you're you're not annoyingly in the film business like us. And by film business, I mean we sit at home and talk on a podcast. Yeah, no, I sit at home and I studied philosophy, which gave me the degree to sit at home. Uh, So kind of, I I kind of do the same thing, except that I don't know as much. Instead, I know a bunch of things about uh, time travel, which isn't helpful i know things about uh like really incorrect theories about things uh, that's that's helpful too so you're not gonna give us some kind of awakening by the end of this episode i'll probably end up saying something about louisian time travel well that's and going yes this this really talks a lot about louisian time travel and let's talk about the grandfather paradox for a second i'd love that i want that but first since we've already been recording for 40 minutes <laughs> Uh, actually, edit 30 minutes because Connery cut out my boring airplane story. <laughs> uh, yeah, keep I'll referencing just, it. Yeah, I'll keep referencing it so it's harder to cut out. <laughs> yeah, I, I won't cut it out anymore. I'll be like, well, fuck you too, Tyler. Your airport People story stop. gets to stay. <laughs> no better way to start an episode than with a really boring story in the beginning of the episode. So people will definitely stay through the whole That's thing. That's what ha- has holding power. Uh, they want to know what happens at the airport. The, everyone's the most exciting parts <laughs> of their lives. They're like, I wish I could go to the airport. 
sit in a little long line. Maybe you're right, Cameron. Nostalgia could kick in and be like, I wish I could go to the security line where the security people stare at me naked in that machine. I wish I could <laughs> pull my phone awkwardly out of my pocket along with my keys and wallet and have to hurriedly stuff them back in my pockets as everyone in line seems to be pushing me aggressively to go forward and why aren't I going faster? Yeah, and things keep like hitting your box. Uh, <laughs> keep yeah. hitting your box. For just a moment in time, when I go through at that TSA machine, I feel like the hollow man. <laughs> when they well, see a picture of you, that looks just like the yeah. hollow man right there. <laughs> they see the heat signatures of my of my dongle. <laughs> okay, so I played Doom 3. I beat Doom 3 nice. on Switch. Oh, yeah. Was it the BFG edition? Yeah, it was the BFG edition, so it had like, the DLC and everything. So, yeah, it was, you know, it's it was better than I expected. I guess I don't know. That was like a big game when it came out, but it's. I still feel. I feel like it holds up pretty well. Yeah, I mean, I like it. Everyone hates it though for some reason. Why does everyone hate it? Uh, they're like it departed from Doom being fun and it started being scary or something. <laughs> I liked it being scary. Uh, I, I I hate when things are scary. <laughs> um, when I first started playing it, it was too spooky because I died really fast and I didn't know what I was doing. So I just set it to the easiest. I, I've just resigned myself to setting all games to the easiest mode now because I just want to like explore like the game, you know, mm-hmm. and not have to worry uh-huh. about it. But it was just cool to see everything visualized like that because uh, I haven't played the newest Doom yet. And I liked it being a little bit more serious. I beat Doom 64 also because I picked that up because it was only like $5. Oh, yeah. oh you beat that today? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've been playing it for the past few weeks, and I finally beat it, including like the DLC. And I guess the DLC to Doom sixty four uh, ties in to it, like the sequel, which is Doom twenty sixteen. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so like the combat in Doom sixty four is way different than Doom three. I'm like, oh, I have even more mm-hmm. of an appreciation for Doom three for like how it was built and everything because I don't know. Like Doom sixty four is fun, but it's like the classic Doom where you're just like running around shooting mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, just the atmosphere of three is really I liked a lot. That game spooked me out a lot when I was when I was young and I was playing it. Yeah, I could not play that. Like, I could barely play it recently because, like, if I played at night, like, uh, I don't want to have like bad <laughs> dreams. But I, I like anything that has like alien demons and outer space mm-hmm. and stuff. Like mm-hmm. Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Rules. It does. Lily Young's favorite movie. <laughs> She's not around to defend that. Okay, so here's the timeline for Doom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it goes Doom Three. Doom Three is the first story, like the first game in the yeah, storyline. Because that's when they teleport through hell. Yeah, and then they've opened a portal through hell by using teleporting. But the oh. DLC for Doom Three takes place before Doom Three. Oh, the DLC for Doom Three, then Doom Three, then Doom One, then Doom Two, then Doom Sixty Four, and then <laughs> Doom Twenty Sixteen, and then Doom Eternal. Wow. So the timeline is really strange, but it's also just really interesting how they made any kind of story out of that. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the first one was just like you just blow up demons and then yeah. there's John Romero's head secretly hidden in the walls. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's just a really weird timeline. And I do want to talk about the movies at some point because I just want to like... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. I watched like the Dwayne The Rock Johnson Doom not too long ago again. I'm just like, uh <laughs> but like after finally having having finally played Doom Three, I want to like reanalyze it again and see like it's just a really weird franchise to turn into movies. Well, I think the time has come to talk about <laughs> Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Much like teleportation to hell, 
we're transported to the future where Bell and Ted reign in a utopia of excellent adventure and a giant gem is coming down onto the screen because it's the 80s. Yep. Exactly that. What is this gem for? Powers the time machine, I'm pretty sure. Or it is the time machine. Not yet, though. Not yet. A man tells us how things are going to be in the future. It's going great. Only this guy has to keep the great ones, Bill and Ted, on the right path to make this future happen. <laughs> and he says this all under, for, in front of like a big black screen. So I'm like, okay. And I'll confess to you guys, I've never seen these movies before, ever. Wow. Oh. Did you know yeah. who that guy was? I There was a Carlin something or some of a... Uh, yeah, George Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin. Of Jersey Girl fame. <laughs> <laughs> Bill and Ted rock out. They are the wild stallions. Hey, I... hold on, hold on. Oh, sure. George Carlin yes, has yes. some important information. Because oh, okay. in the future, he says, hi, welcome to the future. And like, everything's perfect. It's like a utopia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Future San Dimas. Yep. Future what San... year is it? 26 uh... something or other. Yeah, know. 2688. 2688. Is that relevant <laughs> to anything, Cameron? Uh, sure. It's a weird time to pick. Uh, but yeah. But he I says mean, it's the, the 80s. 80s. <laughs> he even uses his hand as a little visual cue, but he says bowling averages are way up. Mini golf yep. scores are way down. But it almost wasn't perfect. No, because Bill and Ted almost failed their history test and were separated, but Ben Carlson, what's his name? Ben George Carlin isn't going to let that happen. <laughs> ben, ben Carlin? I literally, ben, by mistake, called this man ben Benson Carlson. in my notes like nine times. And I had to go back and fix it. Like, his name isn't Benson. Ben Carlin? I just wrote Rufus every time. Ruf- yeah, it is Rufus. It is Rufus. Rufus! <laughs> Most righteous. So yeah, Bill and Ted are rocking out. They're the Wild Stallions and their band. Um, I, I have no idea. So I feel like I'm watching someone's home movies in like the best way possible. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, they blow the speakers, and then the two talk about how they need Van Halen in the band. But they need to make an epic video in order to get Van Halen's attention. But maybe they should learn to play instruments before they make a video. <laughs> but they need the video to get the instruments. <laughs> yeah, they need the video to get the instruments. Right, exactly. And Van Halen will give us the instruments. Excellent. <laughs> In history class, they are failing. Uh, I like Joan of Arc being called Noah's wife, and I, I enjoyed that yeah. joke. Yeah, he also says, uh, short, like that's where the scene cuts in. <laughs> yeah, and then short. his teacher's like, yeah, so Napoleon was a short, dead dude. <laughs> yeah. he He's dead. <laughs> He's it just dead. Uh, reminded me of, I don't remember if it was the pilot or like the second episode of Beavis and Butthead, where it's like a very similar scene happens. The teacher's just asking both of them, I don't know, a question like that. And just like, oh yeah, Sorry, I don't know. Like, dead. I always liked Beavis and Butthead, like as a kid or whatever. Because I'm like, oh, it's edgy, it's it's funny, and like <laughs> I think I still like ugly. the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, oh no, Bill and Ted—they're the duo to look for. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and have you ever seen the Bill and Ted cartoon? No. <laughs> is it good? There is one. Uh, no, not really. It has their voices in it. Oh, nice. Really? Yeah. It's it's just like uh, it's. Maybe it was Hanna Barbera who did it, but you know, it, it's something. There's a Bill and Ted excellent cereal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a cereal. There's a, a board game. Oh, whoa. There's a cartoon. Two different comic book series. What? Of course, uh, two coming on three movies. Let's see. Was there anything else? This is a franchise indeed. Oh, I think there's some video games too. That makes sense. Like an old Game Boy Advance game or something. Probably, probably Game Boy. Yeah. 
The cartoon looks really weird. Oh, no, this is a serial commercial yeah. of them, but I'm assuming <laughs> it's, like, the same animation. And then I think Universal Studios used to have a Bill and Ted show, like a live action show. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was controversial at some point. Yeah. It, that's the only reason I even know about it. It got shut down. No, they shut it down themselves, but there was just an article from like Vice or something a few years ago where it's just like, hey, the Bill and Ted's live show at Hollywood Horror Nights or Halloween Horror Nights or whatever is just like, it was just like racist and like homophobic and stuff. Yeah. Right. I, I was going to assume it was at least slightly homophobic. Yeah. I remembered something about that, like, when my friends in middle school would go see, uh, would go to the Halloween Horror Nights and then would, like, go see, like, a show. I remember them talking about a show and them being like, oh, it's so funny, and uh, Bill and Ted being named. And I was like, I haven't seen those movies. <laughs> like, but I'll take their word for it, I guess. Never saw the show, though. But now if you went, you'd be like, this is hilarious. I'd slap my knee and say, it's so funny. They're racist homophobes. <laughs> it's great. Not at all how they're like in the actual movies. Very accepting, kind gentlemen in the movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, ninety-eight percent of the time. I, I, yeah, we'll yeah, get yeah. to it. But okay, no, <laughs> you guys saw something I didn't. I'd love to hear it. I, I had to put on subtitles, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> all right. So the teacher's like, "Yeah, if you you got to do these reports, you got to do them well. Because if you get an F, I have to flunk you." And then they're just talking about the great leaders, right? Yeah. <laughs> Like Genghis Khan, Joan of Arc, Socratic Method, all the great leaders of the world. <laughs> Too bad Socratic Method doesn't show up, but I guess Socrates does. Yeah, Socrates shows up. So on the board, of course, they they, they foreshadow all like a lot of the people who will show up, mm-hmm. but not all. I mean, they do have all of them, but there's some people who they don't show. Uh, that you know, it's Cleopatra, yeah. uh, Julius Caesar. I was I was hoping there was going to be Julius Caesar. Mm. Uh, in my memory from being a kid and watching this movie, I kind of thought that they met Julius Caesar. Yeah, maybe Napoleon <laughs> got swapped out for Julius. The teacher says, oh, you thought Caesar was a salad dressing man. Yeah, the salad dressing dude. <laughs> Which I, I uh, called Paul Newman for many years whenever I forgot his name. The actor, I'm like, yeah, salad dressing guy. Because <laughs> he's on all the salad dressing. Newman's own. So the two grab a bunch of books, and they're worried that they're going to fail still. Missy, Bill's stepmom, who is only three years older than them, gives them a ride back to Bill's place. Remember Ooh, when Bill... we were freshmen and she was a senior dude? Shut up, Ted! <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when I asked your mom to prom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... It's a good running joke. It's such a good running joke, like when I keep bringing up that airplane story that was really boring. <laughs> It's great. At least it's not the Joker. It's a breath of yeah. fresh air. <laughs> True agent of chaos. We make a stop at Ted's place, though. His dad tells him that if he fails history, he's going to flunk out of school, and then he's going to have to go to military school in Alaska. Yeah, his dad's a pill. Total pill. Yeah. No chill, He's man. all creepy. He goes and talks right in his ear. <laughs> yeah, he's, this is really aggressive. Um, in the future, what's his name? Uh, George Carlin. Uh, Rufus Rufus is sent back in time via a phone booth Uh, they say be excellent to each other and party on dude right before he departs Missy comes in with the most burnt grilled cheese sandwiches I've ever seen (laughs) are they they're like I mean they're really burnt but like they didn't even look like grilled cheese it was just like bruschetta or something like it was grilled cheese I'm like 100% sure because I just saw cheese in the middle and then like but the bread is still white so it's like she seared like both sides of the bread and like burned them and then like handed them to, handed it to them. 
Man, I, I never even noticed. I was still wondering what he meant about turning George Washington's head into a mushroom. Yeah, I still don't get what that means. <laughs> like, you ever want... <laughs> He's like, oh, like the dollar bill guy? You ever you ever want to turn his head into a mushroom? It's like... Maybe his I wig? I guess because his hair is, like, mushroom-like. Yeah, I was thinking, like, he kind of looks like a mushroom, I yeah. guess. But w- what was he going to say? <laughs> yeah, I know. I want to know what the rest of that sentence is. <laughs> Finish the thought. <laughs> It, it was good acting because it was very believable. Like, they mm-hmm. probably didn't write the rest of the line. Yeah. <laughs> but Keanu did just such, such a good job. He did. He did a fantastic job. That man has so much range. He had wooden teeth and fought the white whale. That's Captain Ahab, dude. It's just such a good time hanging out with these dudes. I know, right? Until their creepy dads come around. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they both have really creepy dads. They really do. <laughs> Bill has a crush on his mom, which is kind of weird bill's dad also stops in too um he tells them to take a break and missy and bill's dad have sex in bill's room <laughs> and then ted brings it up <laughs> yeah, yeah no, they're gonna have sex in your room and he he like looks them in the eye as as that's about to happen too. <laughs> he really does it's so upsetting <laughs> it's pretty disturbing although like for an 80s movie like this movie was a lot less disturbing than i thought it would be and mm-hmm. that's nice uh. Like, yeah, yeah. Like we just did Back to the Future not too long ago, and like there's some kind of disturbing stuff in those movies. If you like, yeah. not even like stop and think about it, it's just like uh, this is uncomfortable. Like just a lot of Biff stuff. And if I open my eyes, it's an uncomfortable movie. The first one's pretty good still. The first one's know. decent. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. We said what we said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bill and Ted hit the streets and ask random people about history, um, and they still end up not learning much. <laughs> That lady in the car told me, <laughs> what did she say again? Like something. The date of like, the date of Marco, Marco Polo. Marco Polo was in 2075. Yeah. It was like 1275. And it turns out, and then I think Bill's like, oh, I knew it wasn't just a water sport. Excuse me. When did the Mongols rule China? <laughs> I don't like, know. I just work here. I'm just I like, just work here. I like that. <laughs> when did the Mongols she could, should have asked the same person who uh, knew about Marco Polo. I know, was, I kind of uh, thought it would be the same lady. Marco Polo around at the same time. Yeah. Oh. She would <laughs> like that, uh, Marco Polo worked for the Mongols, oh. but not for Genghis Khan. Maybe Kublai? Yeah, for Kublai. Aha, I knew it. it. Ace in history for Connery. <laughs> not Kotan Khan. <laughs> Kotan Khan. Connery from Ghost of Tsushima. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is. Kotan Khan. Yeah, I killed him. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers, you kill the con in the end. You know the bad oh. guy? You beat him. Cameron, you'll appreciate me repeating this joke from a different episode, but I asked Connery at the end of Ghost of Tsushima if you blow up Kotan Khan with a bunch of fireworks <laughs> off screen. <laughs> and I said I did throw sticky bombs at him several times, so in a way, yes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, they're just asking people on the street. The Time Machine phone booth arrives. George Carlin, Rufus, comes out. And he tells the guys that he's here to help them with their history project by letting them travel back in time. Then suddenly, future Bill and Ted arrive from not that far in the future. I think maybe a few hours. Strange things are afoot at mm-hmm. the Circle K. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, they tell present Bill and Ted that they're going to have the most excellent time travel adventure. And they convince themselves to do it. How do they convince them to do it? They say, what number am I thinking of? 69, dude! <laughs> of course. What, else, what other number would they think of? But anyways, uh, Bill and Ted have seen a lot of things, but nothing as bodacious as that. No. Yeah. It's most bodacious. Because Rufus says, gentlemen, we're history. 
Yeah, so the trio head back in time via the circuits of history. Uh, we arrive in Austria in 1805, Napoleon time. Speaking of which, Napoleon is there and uh, orders the phone booth to be destroyed by cannons. Yeah, he's not surprised at all like, no. to see that. But the cannons misfire, I guess, and like send him flying into the yeah. time vortex. Yeah, that's really far, too. Yeah. Because he was looking at them through like a little spyglass <laughs> to see them. So he got flung really far. Just like in history, Napoleon is blown up by his own cannons. Yeah, yeah it probably happened time to time. He was an artillery commander. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was probably deaf near the end of his life. Yeah, they just get transported back. It's just a little flavor, flavor, flavor from Rufus to show them that they can go through time. Mm-hmm. And then Napoleon ends up in the tree, and his legs just hurt in the back of the frame, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. Yeah, he's he's struggling. Yeah, yeah they arrive back in present day <laughs> California. Uh, here, here's my note. Benson. Benson showed up. His name isn't Benson. It's Rufus. Benson. <laughs> yeah. Rufus, Rufus tells them that they can do and go wherever they want with the time machine, but they have to make it back, make it to the report on time no matter what. He tells them that the Sandinus clock will always be running, so the present moves forward even when they are traveling in time. And then, yeah. and then Rufus leaves. That's that's my big uh, time travel gripe with this is that that makes just no sense. Uh, why would why would the Sandimas time keep going forward? Uh, that makes no sense. And they they even drop it in the sequel. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, that, yeah, that that's weird. Otherwise, I like I like the time travel in this. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's probably the one thing where I was like I was like, huh, interesting. I guess the movie needs a ticking clock of some sorts. Otherwise, there's no like tension. Yeah. Right. They had they had to give something to do, but. Otherwise, why is just the Sandemus 80s the only privileged present? Yeah. <laughs> it's the it's the Earth Prime timeline. <laughs> 80s. Say something about privileged present. <laughs> Hooey. Tyler slam dunk Dennery. Ted goes back to his house and then like his dad is giving him more crap. And I guess his yeah. dad's a sheriff, but he's also wearing an NRA jacket just to, like, really uh, yep. drive home the point that he's, I don't know, a tightwad and sucks also. Yeah, Bill also comes with the idea that after they find Napoleon and they say, oh, we bought him abduction Napoleon. Um, and Bill's like, we should collect other important people in history to help with our report. And, of course, says, like, great idea. So they leave Napoleon with Ted's little brother, Deacon. And this kind of goes on to be some of my favorite, like, little mini like skits in the movie oh, really? <laughs> i like the napoleon skits i always thought they were funny uh, yeah uh, me me too that's good because i it's like my least favorite part of the movie it's like a little week of oh, like no. a b story so i'm glad other people liked it well like i hope it's not just me it it, it is weak but mm-hmm. uh it's just a bunch of silly gags yeah, it's yeah funny. that's true which like yeah let's make fun of napoleon mm-hmm. the iggy piggy shut, or whatever. shut up napoleon <laughs> yeah ziggy piggy <laughs> ziggy like, piggy why'd you <laughs> was the name i was i'm connery ziggy piggy hansen dang it you should have said that one. Oh, it's funny dang it i should have wrote that down i'm so stupid god damn it all right enough, <laughs> enough of me like flailing myself but they start looking through the uh phone book and i just really like it when he says beethoven and i thought that was the first time he'd say yeah. beethoven instead of beethoven but <laughs> he keeps saying it so <laughs> yeah and then they say, let's reach out and touch someone. And I was just like, what is that? So I looked it up and it was reach out and <laughs> an me. AT&T commercial from 1987. So I'm like, oh, okay, it's topical. Oh, then. isn't that? I, yeah, I also thought it was, uh, you know, re- reach out and touch Faith. 
or whatever the that, that um yeah. the Depeche Mode song, that personal Jesus. That's your own personal Jesus. Reach out and touch. Yeah, wait, let's do it one more time. <laughs> but but that's not rock. No. That's 80s new wave or something. Mm. Yeah, they wouldn't be listening to Talking Heads right now. <laughs> Never. No way. No. Take that, David Byrne. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> giant oversized suit that keeps getting bigger. <laughs> Who is this man? <laughs> Why is his suit so big? Talking Heads. Oh, okay. Stop making sense, Connor. <laughs> I know about that album. See, you can't Stop pull making everything. sense right Stop. now. Stop. So they go back to the old west, and then there's just a guy in the outhouse that's like, I like that a lot. Yep. He's not even like really trying to sing a song. He's just like dirty, 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 dirty. And I also had the uh, subtitles. He's gonna go like, doo doo. Huh? He's gonna go doo doo, so he's singing his little doo doo song. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a poop anthem? The bathroom is just alive with that sound these days. Just the bathrooms are alive anthem. with the sounds of music. <laughs> of Poozik. Poozik, yeah. While in the Wild West, they go into a bar, they get served beer, they're really excited about that. This is just like Frontierland, except you can actually get shot here, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Billy the Kid enters, and the dudes decide to abduct, abduct him next. He's famous. Yeah, he's famous. <laughs> famous murderer. They get a lot of that stuff confused between famous and being a famous murderer. <laughs> yeah. Or like later with uh, Socrates, so he was like a menace to, to y- the youth or something. Yeah, like he was like a rocker. <laughs> yeah, he was accused of corrupting the youth. Yeah. <laughs> but unlike Ozzy Osbourne, he was executed. <laughs> he was executed. <laughs> oh, man. Billy the Kid recruits them to play a game of rigged poker with him. It, yeah. It's immediately found out that the game's a farce because like i love bill saying like you gotta have a poker face like me oh man three aces (laughs) (laughs) the the pay like the timing of the jokes and stuff is just so good like (laughs) keanu and alex winter i i don't know i just like them a lot in these movies yeah they're really good and alex winter now is like a serious documentarian like he just did that doc showbiz kids about like child actors oh wow hbo right now oh he also did one on the deep web, which I watched the other week too. So, Ooh. yeah, it's pretty. Didn't didn't Keanu Reeves do that one too? He narrated it. Yeah, I like that they're buddies. That's nice. What did you call Rufus? I called him Benson. Yeah, Benson, <laughs> because that made me think. What's the kid's name from Ben Ten? Is it like Ben Tennyson or something? It, like that? it is Ben Tennyson. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Because full circle, Alex Winter also directed the two Ben Ten live action movies for Nickelodeon. Hey, I there's live action those. Ben Ten movies. Yeah. I had no idea. What was your guys' favorite Ben 10 series growing up? Did you like when he was older? Or did you like when he was a 10-year-old kid? I liked it when the Rugrats were all grown up. <laughs> all yeah, grown I, up. I only saw some of the ones when he was young. I, I, I didn't see any more. Hmm. Yeah, I never really watched it. I remember I liked the show. I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun idea. I think adjacent things I was watching was like Shaolin Showdown. <laughs> oh, Shaolin Showdown rocked! <laughs> with, with, the, with the yellow kid? Yeah. Yeah. That's not so great. No, that part's <laughs> not so great. But Jackie Chan Adventures, who I never knew wasn't voiced by Jackie Chan until like two years ago. What? Yeah, Jackie Chan just shows up in the interstitials. So I'm like, yeah. oh, he must voice Jackie Chan like cartoon form also, but it's not him. That just hurt my yes. heart. I didn't I didn't know that. 
Yeah, I think most people did really think he was voiced by Jackie Chan. Uh, I also found that out only, like, a few years ago. Huh. Yeah, it's really because he was just, like, flinging his, like, nunchucks or, like, punching a punching bag at the end of each episode and would, like, talk <laughs> yeah. to the audience. So I'm like, oh, that must be him. And in the opening, he's, like, running down a pyramid and then he turns into Jackie Chan. <laughs> yeah. Like, real Jackie Chan. Then he turns back into cartoon Jackie Chan. So you're like, oh, they must be the same the person. Same. His name is Jackie Chan. It's called Jackie Chan Adventures. Why is it not Jackie Chan? Numa Gugwai Fighty Sao. They're the same man. One more thing. Uh, but I like Uncle. How about the lady who who swings from the ceiling from that rope and just like smashes through the window? Yeah, that was really random. <laughs> Billy. We never see and her she just again. Smashes through the window. Yeah. <laughs> I assume she really died on sense, impact. But that they just say like, "Whoa, I love the old west" or something. Like, I forget. Yeah. Like, awesome. They basically recruit Billy the kid because they escape with him pretty much, and then they head to yep. ancient Greece. They see Socrates, and they decide that he will be perfect for their next abduction. Socrates. Uh, Socrates, Socrates, dude, dude, yeah. Socrates. They go up to him and philosophize. Philosophize with him, dude. The only true wisdom consists of you knowing that you know nothing. Yeah. He's like, that's us, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That part, that's that's pretty spot on. Yeah. But uh, Socrates talking about, you know, dust in the wind. I don't know. I've read the Phaedo. It's kind of about the immortality of the soul. Oh, there you go. It's the opposite. He's like, no, like our actions and ourselves will live on forever. I was just saying that, you know, Socrates is really uh, interested in this talk of life being like, uh, like dust in the wind. Yeah. That's very, very uh, impermanent. But in the Phaedo, he talks about the permanence of the soul, the uh, immortality of the soul. Mm. But maybe that's just Plato. Maybe, maybe Socrates wasn't, wasn't really about that. Uh, but, but we know all our stuff from Socrates, basically by Plato. Hmm. Do you think Socrates has object permanence? <laughs> he, he mostly has irritatingness to the people of Athens, and of course that's why he's going to get executed. Why was he irritating people so badly? <laughs> was like showing up and like contradicting things or making people like think too hard? Basically, pretty much. That, that's where that whole, the only thing I know is that I know nothing. That's from the Apology. Uh, by Plato. It sounds like a half um, apology to me. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Pretty much. If 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 you think anything about normal apologies, it's the it's the most non-apology in history. He he basically says, "Yeah, if you're accusing me of corrupting the youth by meaning that I'm making them smarter and less stupid, then yeah, uh, I am doing that. And uh, if you think that I'm committing a crime, you know, well then you guys are all just basically idiots. So if you execute me." You're admitting that you're stupid. <laughs> like, and then he's just like, ha, I showed you. <laughs> yeah, showed basically, you pretty much. And then they all go, yeah, okay, so you're going to be executed. And he says, hmm, who's going to have the last laugh now? Plato's going to write a book about how everyone in Athens is dumb. It's called The Republic. The original Reynolds paper is the apology. <laughs> oh, when's Socrates' rap musical coming out? Uh, aren't there, like, rapping philosophers, Cameron? You know, I'm pretty sure they've got those, you know, rap battles of history. They probably have one for Socrates. Oh, hands down. That's almost no question. If not, they've got one for Plato, and Plato just uses Socrates as a mouthpiece. So, <laughs> you know, it's same thing. I love history facts. I'm having so much fun with this, Cameron. Thank you. <laughs> I'm all about this history. We didn't talk about what I read, but all I've been reading is a bunch of, like, history and, and stuff like that. Yeah. And history comics. Oh, what, what history comic did you read? Oh, Barefoot Gen. I, I've been oh, yeah. I'm back to reading Barefoot Gen. Oh. Uh, if you want to ever read an incredibly miserable manga, read Barefoot Gen. <laughs> What's it about? It's about the atomic bomb. Oh. It's about the effects of the atomic bomb on the Japanese population of Hiroshima. Oh, wow. That does sound upsetting. By a guy who was there. 
Oh, shit. So it's pretty um, not fun, even though it's got a really nice cover. You know, if you look at the cover volume, <laughs> it almost like looks fun. cheering. Yeah, you're like, this is going to be fun. It's about kids having fun. Well, kind of. It's about <laughs> kids having fun after like the most miserable thing in their life could happen. So they're trying to find hope any way they can. If you ever saw Grave of the Fireflies, it's like that, but somehow dialed up to like 20. Barefoot Jen or Barefoot Jen? What, what was it again? Sorry. Yeah, Barefoot Gen, like G-E-N. Barefoot Gen. I was reading that for a while, but then uh, I, I kind of stopped because it's really, really intense. Oh, wow. It was one of like the clip things I saw of it. It looks it looks horrifying. Yeah, they, they made a couple anime movies on it, too. You can People sometimes pass that one around, you know, during the atomic bomb scene. Yeah. You get to see people's eyeballs melt, melt out of their head. Oh, jeez. Um, mothers holding babies as they all burn to death. Uh, you know. Uh, this is not the right podcast for talking about barefoot again. <laughs> no, I was I was gonna tell you I have been reading Twentieth Century Boys though on, on a brighter note of side oh, like topping out history. You, oh yes, Twentieth Century Boys. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that's my favorite. I've got a I've got a friend costume. You know, I love that. I love Twentieth Century Boys. It's like one of my favorite manga of all time. Yeah, it's pretty rad. I'm on volume four of like their big perfect collection that they have. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Urasawa, the author of that, mm-hmm. like I kind of stopped reading manga for a really long time, uh, but then I picked up Pluto by him, and uh, that was I really loved Pluto. Yeah, Pluto is really good. I mean, it's like related to Astro Boy. It's basically mm-hmm. kind of like a yeah. retelling in a yeah. way, I guess, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just love like Android sci-fi stuff. Like, and it's not like Pluto's optimistic, but it's just like not nope. wholeheartedly <laughs> depressing. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's like. Robots are kind of accepted. They're not really completely discriminated against. Instead, they're grappling with even the ideas of coming to being accepted and being like, why do they let us adopt? Why do they let us have children? Ooh. This is the worst experience I could ever have losing my child. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> All right. uh, I love Pluto. My gosh. Billy the Kid does, probably doesn't read manga because he's too busy playing football with Socrates. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's my favorite part. It really is. That part's <laughs> awesome. It's like out of the room when they're just throwing the football back and forth in the background. Yeah, at first, he's just sort of handing it to him, and he's like, oh, "What? what is this? And then he starts like getting it all creative with it. He's putting it behind his back and then throwing it. Yeah, it's really great. I did enjoy that bit quite a bit. Yeah, and while they're doing this, we're, we've arrived in medieval times. Ted sees a princess or a pair of princesses at like a balcony of the castle. He's like, oh, dude, I'm in love. Yeah. And I think originally their plan was like, go get King Henry. But they get immediately side rolled. I think Bill's like, well, let's go talk to those babes. Especially since their future selves told them they'll have a good time meeting the princesses. Yeah. Give my love (laughs) to the princesses. (laughs) They just infiltrate the castle with like relative ease. They play around in a suit of armor. We get and then they say heavy metal. (laughs) Yeah, heavy metal. Uh, and they say, I'm Luke Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Luke Bill. <laughs> I'm Darth Ted. And then he's like, I'm Luke Bill. And I had to put on subtitles and be like, what? And it's like, oh, it's literally just his name with Luke behind it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, I get Darth Ted, but Luke Bill. <laughs> Luke Bill. They have a little play fight, and while roughhousing, uh, Keanu Reeves, Ted gets pushed down he just the stairs. Rolls down full, the freaking stairs and <laughs> full plate armor, and then a guard sees him. And in the one dramatic moment in the movie, the suit of armor gets stabbed. Bill thinks Ted is dead, and he's he's, he's like, "No, he, what's like the word words he uses? It's like really dramatic. He's like biggest bummer, most like salacious, or something like that. Something yeah. stupid." <laughs> 
You killed dead, you evil dickweed. Yeah. <laughs> you killed yeah. dead, you evil dickweed. <laughs> and then he's just like about to get killed. And then yeah. Ted and whacks Ted... him in the head with like a chicken leg or something. <laughs> yeah, and saves him. And he's like, I fell out of the armor, dude, when I fell down the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it just makes no sense. <laughs> but it's pretty funny. I mean, I like the idea that they just, like, saw an empty suit of armor on the floor, and then they stabbed it. Like, clearly their clothes, like, kind of stick out of it and everything. So. (laughs) But they're just like, hmm, let's stab this suit. So Bill is so excited that Ted's uh, alive that they, like, barely hug. And then Mm. they say the F word. Yeah. Uh, Which one? Not fuck. The one, yeah, I didn't didn't hear that at all. Because it's not good. The one they probably said a bunch at the Bill and Ted's live show at Jeez, probably. I did not hear that at all. I guess I was writing notes and I didn't pay attention. It's a little muffled. Like you, you like don't think and you'll miss it. But I I, like rewind it, put on subtitles just to like, I don't know. Just (laughs) I guess I just when we're doing these franchises from like any time before now, I just Mm -hmm. like skim for these things <laughs> you want to attack the uh, movie with everything you have or everything really, they give it's you just, it's just good to be mindful and to see how culture has changed you know yes yeah but, uh when, when i was re-watching this movie recently i i was watching it with holly who hasn't seen it hmm. um so when we watched it then then it gets to that part and i have to just like shuffle uncomfortably as if hmm. she's being like you know you, this is a movie you like yeah <laughs> like this you know <laughs> I'm just like uh, it's, a, it's just this, it's just this one part. They do the naughty word, and uh, yeah, they meet the meet we meet the two princesses. They and they invite them to go to prom with them, which I think is kind of funny. Uh, and they're into it. They're like, cool. But the only problem is they're going to be married to these old ugly dudes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these two totally ugly dudes. And then King Henry two came the second comes by, and then he's, yeah. he's like, throw them in the Iron Maiden. They're like Iron Maiden. Maiden. And he's like, execute them. <laughs> oh no. Luckily, they don't execute them with the Iron Maiden. They just seem to bring their heads to the chopping block. Yeah, yeah. so the Iron Maiden, they just be closed in spikes and be dead. <laughs> but at the execution, I always like uh, when they have English peasants yelling things. Uh, it's just one of one of my favorite things to show up in anything, really. Mm-hmm. And and they have that guy shouting, "They came from the sky. Hi, right they there. had fire in their yeah. eyes. The guy in the little. They car. had horns." <laughs> Yeah, yeah he, he's captured the phone booth as well, and we don't see where Socrates yeah. or Billy the Kid is. If he was, like, hitting a cat against the, the ground, he would definitely be straight <laughs> up a Monty Python character. Hopefully. Yeah, probably collecting some mud. Yeah. <laughs> mud. Speaking of uh, forms of governance, I think Bill and Ted's utopia seems pretty nice to me. Indeed it does. <laughs> so they're about to be executed, but they're saved by the executioners. What? It turns out to be Billy the Kid and Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> who, who then they rescue them and hijack the cart with the horse in it. Wait, are they the executioners? Yeah, they're, they're the executioners. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Because I forgot how they came in, but it was really funny. It was just Socrates underneath. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ha ha. <laughs> and, they... and then Socrates like whips everyone as they're, as they're leaving with his little like. <laughs> Horse thing. Yeah, he does. They make it out of that time, just evading um, death by a knight who's flinging a mace around like nobody's business. But the knight had hit the the uh, oh right the time machine. It, hit, it, hit, it hits the antenna. Right, we arri- we actually arrive in the future first, and they meet the guys who sent. I, here's Benson again. Who sent Rufus? <laughs> Rufus. Everyone shows up, and they all air guitar. The yeah. boys say, "Be excellent to each other." And party on, and then they leave. But everyone loves that. They like. They're like, oh, they are the real deal. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. It's like, that's wise. That's really wise. Mm-hmm. It's good if you if you just don't examine it at all. <laughs> no. It is good. No. It's just good. It's good. <laughs> I guess it is. It's they're just saying be nice to each other. It's fine. It's like equally as uh, wonderful of a statement as I'm a dude because he's a dude because she's a dude because we're all dudes, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we're all just dudes in the wind, dude. Dude. Yeah, we also learned that the time machine is on the fritz. Napoleon hangs out with Deacon and his friends at an ice cream parlor. And he eats all of the ice cream. And then they get this. laughing so hard. Ziggy, piggy. You can't even Ziggy, describe it. The Ziggy, piggy. You can't even describe him just eating a bunch of ice cream because that's too hilarious to you. Shut up. It's funny. Eat the pig. Eat the pig. Ziggy, 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 zig. It's just so like they're taunting this like grown man. And he's like, they're making their noses look like pigs going, ziggy, piggy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, I laughed so hard. I'm like, these men are being so mean to the pigs. I just ate all the excuses. He's the sticky picky. Yeah, I think he calls them idiots or yeah. something in French. He does. Sticky picky, sticky picky. But boy, he does love that ice cream. Oh, he does. Jesus, I made myself cry. I'm glad you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, thank you. Ah, <laughs> oh, I worked myself up there. Yeah, the other kids do not like that he ate all the ice cream though. Yeah, because no, they- he's a hog. He is a piggy. <laughs> yes, they don't like the Ziggy Piggy Napoleon. Ah, where I have tears in my eyes. Hold on. Are you okay? No, I was crying. <laughs> I thought that was too funny. Fruit, dude. Yeah, now it's time for like the little montage part, basically. Yeah, because yeah, they, they get they get fruit, and uh, <laughs> and Sigmund Freud just goes, "This must be a dream." <laughs> yeah, this must be. A dream. Yeah. I'm like, ha, Sigmund Freud. I get it. I just went, ha, Fraser. How's it going, fruit, dude? <laughs> And then they show up to Genghis Khan, and he's, like, eating a big chicken. Oh, no, it's it's Beethoven next, Yeah, I Beethoven's think. next. And then Beethoven? Joan of Arc. Yeah, Beethoven. And, like, Keanu Reeves who, who, does, Who like, isn't deaf yet? Wasn't Beethoven deaf, right? He's he's deaf. Beethoven was a dog, dude. He wasn't in that movie yet. <laughs> You're thinking of Van Gogh, dude. He cut off his ear. He can't hear anymore, man. Why did it zoom in on, on his piano when they took him? Yeah, I, I don't, don't know, because I thought it would say, be- like, Beethoven on it or something, but it doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, I th- well, I thought I was just going to say something. I was like, huh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, what was the significance of that? I literally paused it to be like, is a name on there? Because I wasn't sure if it was Bach or Beethoven. And I'm like, who is this? <laughs> and they Bach go, oven. Beethoven. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it, it was the easy Bach, the the easy easy, Bach oven. The easy Bach oven. <laughs> <laughs> they go get Joan of Arc, and we have that, like, uh, painting of God and man where Keanu Reeves, like, outstretches his hand, and she's like, oh... <laughs> And then we go get Genghis Khan, um, and they get him on board by offering him a Twinkie. Yeah, he's eating a big thing of chicken, and then he's like, uh, not doing not good stuff yeah. to a lady. One of the ladies in his in his harem. Yeah. Yep. Uh, of of Genghis Khan. Uh, you know, let's let's say this this name right, right? Genghis. Genghis. It's Genghis. Uh, From what? That's his name. It's pronounced Genghis Khan. Oh. Is it Mongolian or what? Uh, yeah, I mean, his name was Temujin. His title oh. was uh, Genghis Khan. Oh, Temujin. Okay. Genghis Khan meant like something like oceanic ruler, like Ooh. someone who who ruled the oceans. Oh, so who, was um, he like big was, navy? Nope. Just because they thought, you know, you know, kind of considering the oceans as like the boundary of your 
of your world, oh, right? Okay. Like, uh, you're so powerful, you control even the oceans, right? Mm, gotcha. Ocean to ocean sort of thing. Yeah, pretty intense. Uh, I just got to bring in the, the Genghis Khan thing, or else everyone, everyone who knows me is going to be all annoyed that I didn't say Genghis Khan when I'm annoying them in person. <laughs> yeah, get it right. <laughs> yeah, like, did you know that... Uh, Genghis Khan is actually pronounced Genghis Khan. I didn't. I didn't know his his actual like person name either until you just told me. I I read a book about Genghis Khan early, uh, like a couple months ago. Hmm. The Mongolian uh, reign was basically just far different than I ever learned about in history class. Was it like good? <laughs> yeah, surprisingly good. I mean, of course, uh, they they totally wrecked a lot of cities when they when they invaded mm-hmm. because him and his his successors were actually just really smart at figuring out how to do that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, all this, uh, freedom of religion, all this stuff, they really kept a lot of the people who they thought were, you know, the smartest, most capable local people to help rule the areas. Uh, so they really had this multicultural society that had a lot of freedoms. I mean, I'm not saying that they weren't brutal at all. They definitely were. (laughs) It's like, but the point is they knew how to build everything back up once they tore it all down. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I mean, his, his recruiting of Chinese engineers when he was invading, invading China was, what led to them being able to do really devastating siege warfare on other places. Oh. Just a great military tactician. I mean, him and, and again, his successors, his many successors, really. Mm. Until later, they would slander him like post-Renaissance, where they're like, oh, actually, Genghis Khan sucked. Uh, all those Mongols really were terrible. Let's let's describe certain groups as being, like, Mongoloid. Oh. Uh, you know, that stuff's all, all way after when there was a splashback on... on on the uh, Mongolians, but otherwise, I mean, Marco Polo. Yeah. Back from there was was like, yeah, these uh, these Mongolians are really uh, really advanced and, and really civilized. And when he brought that back to Italy, the people were like, Nah, you, you must be lying. You're just a big liar. <laughs> You're just a big liar. There's no way that they're so civilized over there. No way. Stupid. <laughs> just a big liar. <laughs> Stupid Europeans with their bubonic plague. Yeah, just refusing uh, to believe any culture well, can that's... be more advanced than their own. <laughs> But that's the other thing, and then and the Mongolians also bring over the plague. That, that happens. Oh, okay. They bring that over, so, you know, there is, there is that that comes over. Uh, I mean, not on purpose, but but it does happen. Coming hot off Ghost of Tsushima, that's really, that was a, thank you for those insights. That's that's just interesting to me right now just to hear that. Because I play, I'm play, play, for yeah. playing a game where the Mongolians are very much just like the faceless bad guys. Right, well, yeah, and during their one of their invasions of Japan, two times they pretty much failed. Otherwise, they were very, very successful, but... They had really bad luck when oh. it came to invading Japan. Uh, they just happened to crash their boats. Yeah, I was going to say boat crashings. Yep. <laughs> That's my Mongolian rant, right? right what about Mortimer Khan? <laughs> Mortimer Khan. Isn't that from uh, Rocco's Modern Life? He gets summoned like when he's doing a seance or something. It definitely is. A forgot- forgotten son of, of Genghis Khan. <laughs> forgotten son. Voiced by Tom Kenny, SpongeBob himself. Hey! <laughs> Genghis Khan, make sure it's known. It's on the record now, so now you can uh, now you can share and plug the episode to all, all the friends that you say Genghis Khan to. Yeah. Yeah, say Genghis Khan. When when people say Genghis Khan, just say, uh, Genghis. It's, it's Genghis Khan. Say Genghis Khan to me. <laughs> Talk Genghis Khan to me. James Khan's brother, Genghis Khan. <laughs> That's how I know we'll get along when you signal Genghis Khan to me. <laughs> It's like a code word. So the antenna of the time machine is broken. Then we come back to Deacon, who's taking Napoleon bowling. And this is probably one of the skits I'm kind of just like meh about. But he goes yeah. bowling, Napoleon cheats, and then the kids ditch him, which I think is kind of funny. 
<laughs> They're like, he sucks. Oh, yeah. Let's ditch him. <laughs> Because he does. It blades an asshole. The boys make a pit stop to fix the antenna in prehistoric times. Uh, they fix it using a giant wad of gum and pudding cans. And I think we skipped over Abraham Lincoln. Oh, right. Oh, Abraham yeah. Lincoln's also there. They say, uh, Candy Graham. And right in the middle of the Civil War, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going to go right back. That's how time works, right? <laughs> well, I, I, for, I guess, every other time except for San Dimas Prime. Yeah, they fix it, and then the cavemen see the teleport away, and we arrive, ba- arrive back in San Dimas, where they see themselves about to time travel. Oh, I like it when they when they actually go back to San Dimas, like the time travel through it, mm-hmm. because <laughs> there's too many people, so they're all like riding in the booth sideways, yeah, as if it's sideways. like a roller coaster. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they're yeah. all just like, whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, like all having a good time. <laughs> then they like warp back to uh, Ted's house, right? Or no, Bill's house. Yeah, Bill's yeah, house. Bill's uh, they introduce Missy to their collection of historical figures. Uh, Bill asks for a ride somewhere, but she says no. Only if he finishes his chores will she give him a ride. And do we have the, the Do we have all the fake names for people? It's like Maxime uh, of Arc, uh, Bob Genghis Khan. That's my favorite. <laughs> so creates Johnson. Yeah, so creates Johnson and. Uh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> so there's just a cleaning montage. I think that's all I was going to say. And it's just kind of yeah. like, whatever. It's just like perfunctory. <laughs> I guess it's kind of funny. I don't know. It is, it's funny. It's cute. Yeah. And then they go to the San Dimas Mall. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I like how, like, you know. They're Sears. Yeah. There's the, just the whole group of, like, historical people. But you can, like, Billy the Kid and Socrates are still, like, best buds. Like, yeah, they're super, like, close. <laughs> they haven't become closer with anybody else. They're just, like, the OG. Yeah. The first kidnapped people. <laughs> well, you think some of them would would have wanted to meet each other. Like, maybe uh, Freud and, and Beethoven. Or Freud would have wanted to meet Beethoven, yeah. right? Freud probably would have wanted to meet Socrates. Yeah, but they just call him a, a geek. <laughs> yeah, they call him a geek. <laughs> geek. <laughs> Socrates, I think, calls him a geek, right? Yeah, Socrates calls uh, Freud a geek. <laughs> you can call me Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty creepy. What is a geek? And then it cuts back to like the, uh, they have started doing the uh, book reports or whatever. And the first girl is talking mm-hmm. about like comparing modern like 80s time to Marie uh, Antoinette. <laughs> yeah, Marie Antoinette. She said, Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Nowadays, you could say, let them eat fast food. And just like, yeah, this is actually like a good report. I don't know. Yeah, I was like, like, this is accurate. <laughs> and it's just like disturbing that like, everyone's just watching it. It's like, yeah, I guess we're just stuck in this. Uh, this is how life is. Nowadays, leaders get impeached. Yeah, <laughs> they sure do. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the extent that impeachment does something. Mm-hmm. But how do you impeach an orange? <laughs> 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 Uh, Looking for some apt commentary. Look right here. <laughs> At the franchise. New York Times says, who? <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles Times says, I only listened to a few minutes and I turned it off. Uh, I think it cuts to Waterloo after this, right? Uh, yeah, we learned that Deacon ditched Napoleon and uh, he went to <laughs> yeah. Waterloo, it turns out, the water park. And they find yeah. him there and he's just kind of... I might take back what I said where I liked all the Napoleon skits. I only like the one where he's the Ziggy Piggy. You, you don't like Napoleon going down a water slide for like five minutes? I, I think yeah. it's enjoyable the first time, but then it keeps going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like far too long. I will say, whoever like recorded all the audio for that, like they really paid like they paid a lot of attention to putting background audio in the Waterloo scene for some reason. Because there's like, I was listening on 
like the headphones they usually use for the podcast are like better than just like you know plug-in ones or whatever mm-hmm. and it just kept picking up all this like background audio of like full lines that they were mixing in of like some oh. kids saying and stuff and because there's always in movies there's always the same background like lines all the time it's just always like especially a crowd scene it's just mm-hmm. like woo mm-hmm. yeah oh man yeah it's like the same exact audio <laughs> like file every time like it drives Lily crazy all the time since she's like an editor and she like finds all these. Just like she's like, "Yep, I know what that clip is." Or, or especially when we watch reality, like certain musical cues. It's like, "Yeah, that's from this like free website." Oh no! <laughs> so it's always fun to see that side of it. But they did a really good job with all the background audio. Like way more work than they probably needed to. But nice. maybe they were just like. We're told to record a bunch of lines one day while Napoleon was going down the slide 80 times. So while they, they're they going to go pick up Napoleon, um, Joan of Arc takes an aerobic class and ended up leading it. Beethoven goes to a music yeah. store and starts playing around with um, automatic pianos and just kind of like rocking out. Uh, Billy the Kid and Socrates hit on girls and Freud shows up with a corn dog, which I thought was a little bit Freudian as well with him just like pointing the corn dog at the girls. I was like, okay, very Freud. Interesting. Yeah. From corn dog on a bat <laughs> yeah, and or hot dog on a bat. There's also cheese on a bat. <laughs> Jangus Khan out there in the Sporting's Goods store. Did I say it right? Yeah. Good. Uh, as far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> at the Sporting Goods store, and he plays with a baseball bat and then beats a mannequin to death with a baseball bat. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln gets his photo taken. It's probably one of my favorite stuff, favorite scenes where the guy <laughs> yeah. says, all right, give, give me back all the Abraham Lincoln. So he's like, no. The lame hat. I, yeah, yeah, the lame- <laughs> yeah, the lame hat and the stupid beard. Yeah. <laughs> and then Abraham Lincoln's like, it's my hat. Yeah, and he starts like, they like, wrestle for a second. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln just like runs. Yeah, <laughs> he just crazy. runs away. Yeah. It's like holding on to his hat and everything. <laughs> it's good. It's a good <laughs> bit. Um, Beethoven continues to rock out. Joan leads the aerobic class. Jangus is suited up in sportswear and he's taking on mall security. Billy the Kid and Socrates rob a store. Billy the Kid shoots a real gun inside of the mall. <laughs> yeah, and nobody really cares. <laughs> it's the 80s. It's fine. So it's, it's a white <laughs> man with a revolver. Ass. No one's going to do anything about it. Normal. Fine. Joan of Arc is like the weirdest, like they do the least amount of work. It's like, hmm, what yeah. does Joan of Arc do? I guess jazzercise. I'm like, why? Like, why doesn't she yeah, see like well, demons I, yeah. and go fight them in the mall or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, because she was yeah, crazy. Why did she push that lady and want to run it? I was trying to figure that out for a while too. I was like, huh, is this is this something to do with Joan of Arc? Really? No, not really. Uh, because she because she led an army, maybe. Uh, you know, oh, maybe. I guess, but it's not very apparent. <laughs> She's seeing people like be inspired. Yeah, maybe she like recruit like a cult, if anything, of like a gathering of people speaking in French and just being like, "God to- spoke yeah. to me, and I see demons." The people in the class are pretty, uh, you know, cool with her just like shoving the other lady uh, off the stage. Yeah, they like her routine better than the ladies. And yeah, they're all eventually apprehended by mall security. Even the people who didn't do anything. Yeah, like uh, Freud. Yeah, Freud was just hanging out. He's he's just arrested for being around, pointing too Freud many corn was, dogs at Freud girls. was thinking things. They were they were thought cops, man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the cops are just like get anyone who's dressed up like a historical figure. Dirty pre cops. They're all under arrest. They're all under arrest. And then it cuts to them at the uh, police station, and then Sigmund Freud is psychoanalyzing the 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 cop or whatever. The cop. Mm-hmm. He's like, why do you? Would you like a bed to lie down on? Yeah. Why do you claim <laughs> no. I'm not Sigmund Freud? <laughs> So he's like, stop doing that. <laughs> That's our little mention of the Socratic method, because the Socratic method never comes up. But, I mean, really, that that is the Socratic method. Asking why. Oh. What is this? <laughs> you know, going, uh, why do you think I'm not him? 
Bill and Ted and Missy head to the mall, but all the historical people are in prison. Um, some jock gives a speech, and it's not going over well, but then he says, go football team, and the crowd goes wild. Yeah, he just does a really bad job at his speech, and then he goes, San Dimas football, high school football rules! And then everyone's like, yeah! Things are much bigger, but also... <laughs> Smaller. And then when everyone cheers, I'm like, I've seen this happen in real life, so it, it it's applicable, I feel like. The boys go to the jail to bail out the history folk. Also, Ted's dad works there at the police department, which I feel like was revealed to me at this moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. He won't let them go and also says Ted should pack his bags for military school. Oh, yeah, and- I forgot to say, like... Uh- Bill tricks him to go to the sheriff's office because he he tells him his keys are there because what's right. his sheriff name or whatever like Van Halen oh, oh yeah, yeah Sheriff Van sheriff Halen Van Halen <laughs> I was like yeah I'm I'm a new here this is when the time travel stuff gets a little gets crazy Bill comes up with a with an idea to steal Ted's dad's keys after the report by going back in time to when he still had them and then leave them at the police station. So sure enough, they find the keys where they said they were going to put them, which was hidden behind the sign outside of the police station. It just kind of just magically appears like, oh, yep, here are the keys. Yeah, I like that a lot, even though, Cameron, does that make any sense? Yes, it does. (laughs) That's the kind of paradox that is totally fine. It's the kind that, yeah, we end up with things that are are caused by nothing, really. But, of course, that's just part of uh, reality sometimes, some sort of weirdness, but it doesn't require any sort of actual weird gaps you know it could totally work Hmm. uh they brought it back so that's why it's there yeah so they just have to remember to bring it back which of course they will because it's there (laughs) so there's no chance that they could have forgotten yeah so it has to happen see that's hardcore that's your standard louisian time travel stuff like things in the past or in the future they're all kind of a weird past like everything is fatalistic Mm -hmm. so if there's uncaused things that's i mean that's confusing but then we can just look at the beginning of the universe and go well was that uncaused maybe it's at least consistent, it's consistent in this case. Not totally inconsistent like all these other weird ones where it follows where like weirdly only one person around yeah. time traveling and, and blowing up universes, I guess. <laughs> uh, which is what, you know, normal time travel stuff tends to do. They're like, yeah, you know, time only changes around one person. You go to the past, you like blow up the future. Yeah. I'm so glad that it both makes sense and is also great for filmmaking because it's like you don't have mm. to lay a bunch of groundwork it's just like hey it's there oh this is fun you don't have to explain all this crap like that's the least fun least cinematic things is when they have to over explain everything yeah uh that that's like a way earlier part where i like when they ask how do we time travel and rufus just says modern science yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's like looper (laughs) right (laughs) they're not going like oh you know it's the quantum field going through a wormhole Mm. because uh you know when the positrons uh collect in the the gap moment then during collapse, uh, time travel happens. Then you get yeah. creating two separate timelines. <laughs> you get sent back to this uh, wormhole library where you can talk to your daughter in a different dimension. And uh, Michael Caine, whose only indication of aging is by sitting in a wheelchair now. I almost thought you were describing <laughs> Click for a second. And- <laughs> <laughs> Same movie. <laughs> I was like, nope, that's Interstellar. <laughs> Interstellar and Click. One has more corn. Uh, the other one has more Adam Sandler turning himself green with a remote. <laughs> or purple, I guess. I think it's purple. Uh, they make their attempt to bust this history history figures out of holding. 
Um, so, so much messing with time happens now. It's great. Ted, mm-hmm. in the future, records himself and hides the recorder, which activates in the present, and it <laughs> makes his his dad go over to, like, find where his son's voice is coming from. When we write, it's a tape recorder. They also left each other a note telling them to duck at just the right moment and being like, hey, you guys are doing a good job. <laughs> like, P.S. Duck. duck. <laughs> they duck and get out of the way of, like, a patrolling uh, detective. And, yeah, they break the history folk out along with other people. Ted's dad shows up and tries to stop them, but a trash can is dunked on his head with the wild stallions written on it. Yeah, because he remembers in the future to bring a trash can and, I guess, glue it to the ceiling of a police <laughs> yep, station. Have it fall and off. nobody noticed. <laughs> At just the right moment. Hey, people don't look up. Okay, Bill and Ted arrive at the report just in time. And it's not... A, I, I always thought this was kind of intimidating. I'd be really nervous if I was in high school having to give this speech, despite, like performing on the high school stage like bill and ted have a certain amount of confidence with their like showmanship yeah Yeah. they have a lot of showmanship despite their like uh supposed stupidity Mm -hmm. but they learned a lot in this report some people are just visual learners they gotta meet socrates himself and then they learn Mm -hmm. stuff you know it's just a different way of learning (laughs) maybe if the teacher just role played a little bit and pretended to be socrates they'd pay attention yeah yeah if only he had a time machine (laughs) it would have been easier if only he didn't have a strange relationship with uh, Bill's, or yeah, with Bill, with Missy. No, Ted's, Ted's stepmom. Yeah. No, it's Bill. It's Bill's stepmom. So yeah, they give this like really rock concert style report. Billy the Kid introduces them. Every historical figure has a step out moment, and the report's a huge hit. And then the crew teleports away, and everyone's like, "We want more. We want more." I thought they were hey, going to like on. an encore. Because Freud analyzes... Yeah, well, you didn't mention what happened. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go yeah. for it, guys. You can take it from here then, because I was vague at this point. Freud analyzes Ted's father and how he takes all of his own, like, his own failures. He takes them all out on Ted, basically. <laughs> yeah, Ted's like, whoa. Yeah. And then uh, and then, he, then Freud's like, would you like to go to, to Billy's? like, no, I just have a minor Oedipal complex. Yeah, like, he knows. Oh. <laughs> like, I know. Yeah, and the teacher looks right at his stepmom. Yeah. Napoleon, he's he's giving his plans for invading Russia uh, by water slide. <laughs> I don't think that's gonna work, dude. And I think yep. Abraham Lincoln does the speech, right? Yeah, he does the Gettysburg Address. Four score kind of. and seven hours ago, your forefathers were brought on a most excellent adventure. <laughs> so how come the real Gettysburg Address was? He didn't say that. He should have. He says, "Be excellent to each other and yeah. party on, dudes." And uh, they also interpret for Socrates that Socrates likes baseball. Yeah. Uh, he, he likes billiards. Yeah. And, and he loves San Dimas. All I think is that Abraham Lincoln was probably shouting, uh, be, be excellent to each other and party on dudes right when he gets shot in the head by John Wilkes. Oh. <laughs> Cheering at, at the play he's watching just like mid-play yeah. being like, so be excellent to each other. Jeez, six separate Tyrannus. Like, I'm, I'm really tired of this. Yeah, I'm really tired of this president saying that all the time. <laughs> if only John Wilkes <laughs> yes. Booth could learn from Bill and Ted. Back to the top. The boys are back pra- practicing. Uh, they ace their history report. Ted reflects that nothing really has changed. And Ted also suggests that they should just really start to actually learn to play guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's their character change is that they realize that they should learn guitar. Put at least a little work. Yep. Rufus shows up with the princesses for prom. Um, he also asks them to sign something for his kids, and that's when they learn, like, oh, wow, we're the ones that make great music and, like, save the future. Epic. And 
Turns out the princesses are also in the band when they're when they're like, "Ooh, do you guys want to play? Can you play something for me and jam out with me?" Because Rufus apparently is like a rock star on the guitar yeah, as well. Yeah, like, can you just do one small favor? Yeah, he just dabbles and then he just goes like all over the guitar, like with those sounds. Yeah, and it's funny because and they're like, "Can you guys jam with me?" And then the the guy's like, "Do you guys know how to play?" And then Rufus is like, "Well, they're in the band," and it's like, "Oh." And then, like, the girl's, like, going tink, tink. And the other one's, like, clinking on the keyboard. Like, boop, yeah. boop, boop, boop. Like, and then the movie. like, princesses from medieval times. I've never seen these instruments yeah. before. I like how this ended up. Because, like, the fact that they're in the band and, like, yeah, they don't give, like, the princesses a lot of character in this movie. But it does imply that, like, they're actual people in the rest of their lives. Even yeah, though, they I guess, help in the push sequel, forward Utopia, basically. Yeah, I don't know. They they could they are equally contributive to the band, mm-hmm. but that just goes to an erasure of history, I guess. Because like, how come Bill and Ted are the ones who get all the credit for the music? Good point. <laughs> what about them? Maybe there's like a female sect that worships that worships them. Yeah, just gender it even more. <laughs> yeah, right. Might we as just well. haven't seen the the other parts of that you know utopia. Yeah, that's why. You know, at the at the other utopian cities. I hope in Bill yeah. and Ted three they go to the future and explore the whole thing in an Avatar like we need like eight Bill and Ted sequels. That's like. <laughs> I feel like that's the exact opposite of what this like franchise is like going in depth and explaining themselves. Yeah, where's the world building of Bill and Ted? James Cameron <laughs> saw this and thought it was shit. <laughs> this is how exactly uh, they created the time travel and exactly how it works with the quantums and and, and all the, the physics. Einstein said something about it. Oh uh, yeah, Rufus. After like their shitty jam out, Rufus assures us, the audience, that they do get better. Yeah, he just looks. He just looks at the camera, and says, eh, "They do get better." And then <laughs> the, the movie's over. It's like it's, I don't know. It's a good way to end the movie. It's just really yeah. silly. Yeah, it was nice. It was silly. It didn't uh, require there to suddenly be a sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's close ended, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. It's a fun movie. Ten out of ten stars. 10 out of 10 stars. Yeah, what is it? Uh, six out of five popcorns and... Uh, eight chili peppers. Eight yeah. chili peppers. Oh, yeah, eight, 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 eight rate my professor chili peppers, but an extra, like, six for Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Always give, like, an extra six to, like, anything with uh, Keanu Reeves, except for 47 Ronin. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that movie's rough. That's, like, the only Keanu Reeves movie that really bothers me. The other ones that... Uh, you know, even if I don't like him, I kind of like him because I'm just like, oh, I just I just like seeing Keanu Reeves. In yeah, things. I really like seeing Keanu Reeves and Bill and Ted because uh, his smile charms me every single time. <laughs> he really is so charming. He has a really big smile in this movie. It's great. Yeah, especially when he like goes from like a normal face and then he goes to his big <laughs> smile. I'm like, that makes me happy. Yeah. I, I like seeing that. Uh, are we going to play a game, Tyler? I think you had, you had a good idea for something this time, right? Yeah, but before we do that, I just want to have a little postscript on this movie. For sure. Originally, it was called Bill and Ted's Time Van, oh, and it was okay. supposed—it was supposed to be in like a an old Chevy van, but they realized it was too close in concept to Back to the Future. <laughs> well, I heard that. Also, in the first script, like I think the the first draft of the script, instead of Napoleon, they were going to bring Hitler back. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> so imagine all of the Napoleon scenes with Hitler instead. Uh He's the Ziggy. Uh, him making a fool out of himself would like that would be funny. Yeah, uh, yeah, be a little more funny than than Napoleon. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. But imagine him on stage and like the end of that thing, like plotting out his invasion of Europe. 
Yeah, that's a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's because yeah, uh, or not little right, big. I bad. guess we have to think that at the end they just go on to do whatever they did. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably don't want to be thinking about that with Hitler. <laughs> Apparently, they're originally gonna ha- uh, were gonna visit Julius Caesar and cause his death. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of funny. And uh, befriending a caveman to help him invent fire so they could light up a joint. <laughs> what's the What's that Caprice movie where she likes that with, with the caveman? What? what There's like the talking caveman, like like Sans something man, and Encino man, Encino oh, man, yeah. Encino man. Yeah, Brendan yeah. Fraser and Bali Shore were were at yeah. one point considered for this movie too. Oh hey, yeah, Encino man rules. Uh, I think that's all I got, but I do all have right. a game. Yay. Rufus comes back to the from the future and tells you that you need to collect all these people, historical figures, to ace your book report or else you'll totally fail. And the utopia of, I don't know, Tyler and Connery's excellent adventure and Cameron's excellent adventure will never happen. Who I feel you? like big, huh? awkward, awkward, awkward giggle vibes from this adventure. was going like, <laughs> <laughs> huh? I I don't know. I, I was just imagining <laughs> us on an adventure like this, a big oh, like through yeah. time adventure. I'm like, that'd probably that'd probably be a funny, awkward adventure. <laughs> was, like, traveling in, excellent. Excellent. Us traveling in time, immediately regretting going to any time period and leaving. Yeah, this sucks. Catch a bunch of diseases. Yeah, yeah. Catch a bunch of diseases. As Ryan Hoskowitz said on the Back to the Future Two episode, uh, there's not a whole lot of places all the time that are great to go to. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but he person. did. He did want to go to the '80s so he could have a really cool pompadour. Mm-hmm. Like a, <laughs> like a cyber cyber pompadour. Yeah. So you have three people you need to bring back from any time, any place. It could even be from the future. Duh! From the future. Who do you choose, Connor? You go first. Okay, I'll go. Um, um, first grab my main man, Sir Francis Drake, and we'll see if he's really a monster. Um. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, uh who's my second person i'll grab i like the idea of having an adventure with my potential as a potential daddy um p- grabbing my potential son in the future so <laughs> i totally to forgot <laughs> i totally forgot <laughs> our, our bit with jacob of what was it called the potential future daddies yeah potential future daddies. that's what our podcast is yeah, called w- woke potential future <laughs> yeah, daddy yeah Potential future daddy. <laughs> There's a reason I haven't listened to that episode yet because I feel uncomfortable about it. <laughs> I thought it was oh, no, funny. It's good. I listened to it. <laughs> so it you have to be yeah, you have to be a woke potential future daddy. So you would yeah. ch- chose your your woke child. Yeah, I guess in whatever potential reality, I have to find the most woke one <laughs> of all of your children. Yeah, because I guess my you children. don't know because you're a potential daddy, but you don't know it exactly. So you <laughs> so have, have to find, to find one. him. So I find a future son of Connery or daughter. You know, we'll we'll put either out there. Their name is Keanu Hansen. Keanu Hansen. <laughs> and I think for my third and final person, it's got to be someone. It's got to be someone interesting. Um, I will. Well, somebody, somebody cool. Come on, Connery. Use use your stupid brain and think of something interesting. I'll bring Gary Gygax. <laughs> <laughs> he seems nice. Good pick. Yeah. Good pick. Thank you. He was on Futurama once. Yeah. You'll never get bored because I'll always have a game for you to play. I, I'll be really, ex- and I'm really excited about that. I'm saying, come on, Sir Francis Drake, playing a game. He's like, I really have more important, scary things to do than do this with you right now. <laughs> I rolled a natural twenty at persuading you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Well, and now shit, I have to play." Cameron, you want to go? 
Uh, so I won't pick Socrates, even though I I probably would want to. Pick uh, Socrates, I think it's called. But... I think his name's Socrates. Not to Socrates. not to correct yeah. and... your decade of learning philosophy, but I think his name's Socrates. Uh, so instead, for a philosopher, I'll probably end up picking David Hume. Ooh. David Hume's good. Uh, I mean, he'd be just really angry and everything. <laughs> but I think he'd, he'd offer a lot of insightful things. Uh, I'd probably maybe check out Octavian or uh, Caesar or Kaiser, Ooh. Augustus. Not going to pick Julius Caesar. That's that's too boring. Yeah. Let's uh, let's pick his successor, the first emperor of Rome. Nice. Final one, Takeda Shingen. like to meet my uh, probably not really related ancestor. Ooh. He's supposed to be pretty wise. He's supposed to be a great military guy. He's involved with a lot of interesting things about history, too. Nice. That seems like a good set of three. They would probably all be very angry, though. <laughs> it's probably not not the greatest three people to be, like, stuffed into a phone booth with. <laughs> they all just got, like, leering at each other. David Hume, Takeda Shinjin, and who? Octavian, or uh, Caesar Augustus. The first emperor uh, of Rome. <laughs> yeah. Julius Caesar's adopted son. Ooh. Defeater of Mark Antony. Could I have Achilles on board? See if Troy was real. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, bring that guy back. If I am a not not potential daddy, I'll, I'll hang out with Achilles and see if that was all cool. Be like, I I don't know why people keep saying I was immortal. I just I just sat on the sides and then somebody shot me in the leg. <laughs> exactly. I read a I read like a, a like young adult slash like a it's historical fiction book about Achilles. I think it was called. Um, Is it called Achilles and the Bee? It's called Achilles and the Bee, and it's about him competing in the um, Trojan Spelling Bee, and he does so good. But he can't, he can't spell ankle. He can't spell ankle, and that's how he loses. He can't spell tendon. Oh, it's called Song of Achilles, because I'm an idiot, and I can't remember three other words. But yeah, I enjoyed it. It was about, um, it's told from the point of view of Achilles' like, male lover, and uh, his life and death in the Trojan War. It was kind of cool. Cool, yeah. Man, I, I love myth stuff. But yeah, so we'll just we'll just see if that was tight or not. So maybe if I have no son, I'd like to sub in Achilles. That'd be kind of fun. So who are you gonna pick, yeah. Tyler? Uh, well, first of all, did I? Is it Takeda Shingen or or Shinjin? Because I Shingen Takeda. Okay, sorry, because I said Shinjin, and I should know by now. Because I yeah. think the first time you told me that was like fourth grade. <laughs> My uh, ancestor that I know from Wikipedia. Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I get most of my info. I have an ancestor that saved FDR from assassination. That, that sounds pretty veritable. Yeah. <laughs> you also have a manufacturing that building story. in Glendale, Cameron. <laughs> Takeda. Oh, yeah. that. You mean the pharmaceuticals? Oh, it's the pharmaceuticals, yeah. Yeah. Takeda Pharmaceuticals. Nice. Wait, Kari, did you, do you have a relative that saved FDR or shot FDR? Saved FDR from assassination. <laughs> oh. By, by shooting him. <laughs> <laughs> he shot him and, and the guy shot him too but his bullet clinked against his against the assassin yeah. saving him it just grazed him so he was fine yeah he, he shot him but it grazed him and fdr ducked down and the bullet that would have killed him missed that's not a yeah, true it story knocked, it knocked him out of the path of a fatal bullet <laughs> this this is not a, a true story of my ancestor doing actually something good who is this i've never heard this it's a, uh, I believe his name is Dan Hardy. It's on my mom's side, my grandma's side, actually. There's a whole book on it, actually. I have it on my bookshelf in my office. Great. It's called The Man yeah, Who Would Kill. Something I'd like to read. Yeah, it's called The Man Who Would Kill FDR. I'm totally spacing on any of my choices right now. So I would choose, you know, I got three historical figures that I need to bring to, to do my book report. So I got um, 
Uh, Anakin Skywalker. That's fictional. <laughs> it happened a long time ago. Yeah, a long time. Good point. Ago. Good point. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. In a different reality. Yes. Yes. This is San Dimas Prime. It doesn't mean I have to get people from San Dimas Prime. <laughs> okay. Okay. I didn't know we could play that role, but I guess I got Achilles. So yeah, do whatever you want, man. <laughs> I love to change the rules without explaining them in the beginning, <laughs> like any, like any great game master does. Yep. Uh, Anakin true. Skywalker. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> young Anakin Skywalker and Darth um, Vader <laughs> Todd Phillips <laughs> the director of Joker Todd Phillips you'll have so much to talk about uh, and Shrek <laughs> gee whiz <laughs> wow what history are you writing what history project are you writing <laughs> one that'll definitely get an F <laughs> so then Anakin said to Shrek or maybe <laughs> <laughs> I love you I love you and uh, Shrek said you're tearing me apart Jedi are like onions <laughs> Jedi are like onions or maybe I wouldn't get an F I'd get a C because I would get a C for chaos on my report yeah. I don't know how even Bill and Ted get an A I mean they didn't really do a report uh, they just kind of had people come up and talk well that's the movie that's bill and ted's excellent adventure along with like an hour of something else oh yeah and the shrek anakin uh, todd todd i forgot something. todd what's your uh, first uh, shrek in and shrek and phillips shrek and phillips dance down the staircase to all star <laughs> i'm gonna make that right now <laughs> Onions are like chaos. No, no, you start saying ogres are like onions, and then you don't finish it. You just laugh and go, you wouldn't understand. (laughs) And then the movie ends. Hey, donkey! That's really insightful, you know? That's that's really, really, you know, insightful social commentary and things like that. Thanks for joining us, Cameron. Uh, Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Uh, Despite all my internet problems and, uh, I don't know, going, going off topic... That's fine. That's all we do, really. <laughs> to quote my mom, I like it when you guys go off topic. It's funny. Yeah, everybody likes it. Yeah, everyone <laughs> it, likes it. It's, it's boring if we only talk it, about the it's movie. My, yeah. It's my favorite pastime, really, <laughs> is going off topic. I know. I spent many a time uh, hanging out with you, Cameron, uh, talking about random crap while <laughs> watching you play a game on the computer or vice versa and drinking Starbucks cap- <laughs> Starbucks Frappuccinos. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Like not the store, the store ones. I mean, yeah, those those taste good. They taste like uh, some sort of weird candy, candy, coffee candies, <laughs> and uh, they don't really like wake you up at all. You, yeah, so you have to drink they, more if you want to yeah. stay awake. Well, Cameron, thanks for joining us on this episode yeah. about Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, comma ostensibly. It was a most excellent time, except for my most heinous internet. <laughs> uh, do you have anything to plug before we leave? Uh, yeah, I'll plug, uh, nothing. Uh, I, c- read more comics. Yay! Uh, you know, I, I'm always trying to plug comics, but I already said the things. Read Barefoot again. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, educate yourself on, on the atomic bomb and how miserable it was. If you ever felt like it was maybe not as miserable as you could think, it's actually more miserable than that. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't, re- I don't really have anything to plug besides read more comics. Uh, I love comics. Yeah. Barefoot again is, is really good and it's becoming more and more available in English. I know it's still kind of hard to find yeah. right now, right? But it's 
Yeah, but uh, it got reprinted like last year or just a couple years ago. Um, yeah, two, two, 2018, two years ago, they they republished it, which was awesome because I was trying to find volume six for way too long and it was like 100 How bucks. How many volumes yeah. of this are That's, there? There's 10. Whoa. Connery, what do you have to plug? If you enjoy the sound of my voice and you also enjoy tabletop or role-playing games, you should check out Starship Impala. It's hosted by me and four other amazing hosts, and we play the Starfinder role-playing game, and we have over 100 hours of content waiting for you to devour. So check it out. Nice. And I'm going to plug something new this week (gasps) because Cameron's here, and we're going to do our YouTube channel uh, hopefully again <laughs> it's coming back yeah <laughs> which had fingies crossed. which had two videos uh a year ago do you never release the one the most I was on. excellent yeah i know i haven't put that one out yet but hey i'm about to <gasps> yay i love that show so much you guys are hysterical <laughs> thank you you're hysterical <laughs> yeah thanks yeah you know what else is hysterical ziggy piggy <laughs> and then <laughs> doing that to hitler i guess I don't watching it. I didn't think it was that funny, but like I was laughing. That you like, think of it. Thinking about it again, it just killed me. Yeah. At least the ice cream could get all on Hitler's mustache. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think you should experience any joy. He shouldn't taste ice cream. He should just <laughs> rot in his bunker. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Cameron and I's YouTube channel is called Movie Game Mashup. It's, it's about video games based on movies, so it could be a very nice. Mm-hmm companion piece to this podcast i would agree yeah sometime we'll have to find out the bill and ted game. yeah that's true Ooh. that's okay we'll catch up eventually see i'm so excited for you guys now and i want to be on like a whole bunch of episodes you will <laughs> like my two once favorite can... things talking about movie, yeah. movies and video games <laughs> once we can gather again yeah but yes. um <laughs> we did uh went on the phantom menace video game which rules and is terrible and the <laughs> flintstones the movie the game <laughs> That's my favorite one you guys have. The Flintstones where, is great. Where John Goodman yeah, is the uh, version of Fred Flintstone in the game. <laughs> and uh, by this point, our Shark Tale episode would have come out. Oh fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Yes. And uh, in sometime soon in the future, Connery joined us as our first guest for the uh, Return of the King video game. That was so much fun. So... Yeah. I gotta make sure those files are still there. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and those Jeez, that was like a year ago, year two maybe. Jeez. Uh, yeah, it's last year. Yeah, or, yeah, almost two years. Yeah, it was a while ago. So, <laughs> you know, just look up movie game mashup, uh, the Flintstones the movie, and then that's how it'll show up because <laughs> the uh, we'll put in the show notes the actual link. So, thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork, and thank you to Nick Viverka for our music. Uh, follow us at Franchise Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and email us at thefranchisepodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, comments, or concerns of, a, as a, of us saying uh, potential woke future daddies. <laughs> That's a concern? I don't know. Yeah, or, or complaints. Complaints about the guests. Complain about the guests. I want to get some complaints. That Jengus thing really pissed <laughs> me off. <laughs> yeah. It's Genghis. I've always learned it as Genghis. And I won't learn otherwise. <laughs> And on that note, like Rufus once said, but this time about us, don't worry, they get better. (laughs) Goodbye! Bye!